This is a show where we discuss minority issues and talk about what we are reading and watching, and ultimately why you should be reading and watching it too. So I want to welcome you to the podcast content under review. Um, This podcast is devoted to sharing the content that um, we feel is worth consuming out there. Um, Today I have the extreme pleasure of interviewing um, Mayor Joyce um, about one of her books, uh, Getting the Brush Off. So here is the back of the book so you can have an understanding of what it is about. When Sydney Hart was kicked out of the prestigious Burke Academy, she lost a promising future in dance, and she was also ditched by her best friend. But a lot can change in two years. Now Sydney's passion is performance painting, and she's busking downtown trying to earn enough money to go to art camp. When Sydney learns her old school is hosting a brush-off speed painting contest with a cash prize, she has to decide if taking a chance on her future is worth the risk of facing her painful past. This book is one that I picked up at my local library, and I read it within a day or about a day and a half, and then I contacted the author, uh, Mary Joyce, on Twitter, and she is very eager to talk to us today. Welcome to the podcast, Mayor, and thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This is an awesome opportunity for me as well, and I'm really excited to talk. All right. So I found your book, um, which is the book we're going to talk about is Getting the Brush Off. Um, I found that highlighted at my local library here in Massachusetts. Um, I live in a small town out here, and I'm always amazed at the content that they are, um, the librarians are purchasing and then really kind of curating for young adult readers. Um, you know, you have stacks and stacks of books. Sometimes it's hard to tell exactly what to read and you're just kind of going through. And they've really done a nice job, and I've noticed, especially in the last year, of highlighting some of the books that are really worth reading. Um, And yours was one that they had highlighted. Um, The cover is something I particularly liked. Um, You know, they always say, don't judge a book by its cover, right? Um, (laughs) But you do. But you totally do. And so the book, the cover that I have here is this really, there's um, like um, a painting palette with paint all over it. And it's kind of this drawn sketch almost. It's not, it's not graphic. Um, It's all kind of looks like it's painted. Um, So I was was just curious about the process of kind of how you guys designed um, just even the the packaging of this story. Um, And if you had different versions for different um, distribution sites. So um, this is the only version that mm-hmm. we have of this. Okay. Um, the Orca book publishers who published the book, they have an incredible yeah. design team yeah. um, works on these. So I talked with my editor and then she talked with the design department. Um, and the key was really just trying to get the personality of mm-hmm. the main character, Sydney Hart, um, through, which I think they did an awesome job. Yeah. Um, getting the brush off it's really it's very action focused Mm -hmm. and is kind of seen in some regards as being um not a lot of motion there's a lot of motion with your hand on the canvas Mm -hmm. but the paint is usually just kind of standing or sitting which is not what sydney does yeah Um, so it was definitely a challenge for them to get that action and that personality through in a still shot (laughs) yeah I can imagine Um, and now noticing it I see her blue hair I didn't notice that obviously when I first 
Yes, and I know that was a that was a touch that my editor yeah. made sure they put in, which is awesome. I'm sure that they did because it is. There are a few going to be some spoilers in this. The hope is that people will read the book and then maybe listen to the podcast afterwards. But you know, the blue hair is a is a big part, especially in the, kind of the climactic moment of you know to leave the blue hair to to highlight her personality really, um, or to right. kind of hide some of who she is. Um, so I'm interested. Um, Staying on the cover for just a minute, the title of Getting the Brush Off has yes. multiple meanings. And I'm really curious about how you kind of came about. I know so, titles are so hard <laughs> uh, in a lot of cases. So I was just curious about how you guys kind of came up with the different um, the option for the titles. Um, so the title kind of started. I originally I knew I wanted to do performance painting Mm -hmm. um that's what Sydney is she's a performance painter Mm -hmm. and so that's where it started and then I it took a while for me to figure out exactly how um her painting would unfold in a story setting Mm -hmm. um and we actually in my local community have a brush off competition every year um for painters to live paint and that people can, you know, vote on paintings and there's, um, they, they're auctioned off, which is really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so seeing that, that's what really sparked the idea of this is, um, this is the setting that she would be doing her painting in. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the story kind of unfolded there, which is how I got the idea of how she'd been given the brush off. Um, gotcha. Yeah, because it is yeah. that double that double meaning. So she shows yeah. up for the event, the brush off where you are painting, and then she's you know that that double piece of her friend, you know, the component of her friends being in the um, her former school and right. whatnot, and um, getting that kind of cold shoulder. Um, so every time I've been trying to explain to people what the book is, you know, they say I'm, <laughs> I'm reading, um, you know, getting the brush off, and they say, well, that, you know. Is, they're trying to figure out what the book is about based on the title. <laughs> so, um, so I'm curious about your kind of the writing process as a creative person myself. And I work with a lot of very creative individuals on a day-to-day basis. Um, but kind of how you came about, um, figuring out, you just kind of explained that you do this, you know, this, this kind of a brush off is, uh, something you got the inspiration from, from your, within your own community. Right. Um, yeah. And so I was curious how, um, you know, some of your other books that you have written, are they also based around kind of artistic processes or is this kind of your first time writing about an artistic endeavor or an, uh, an artist? Um, this is actually the second book I have yeah. that's about painting, okay. which is funny because I am not a visual artist <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, my first my first novel blank canvas um is about a more traditional mm-hmm. painter um and yeah so it was really funny that getting the brush off kind of came about after i had written that one okay. um from a totally different inspiration point but still mm-hmm. in the same you know sort of in the same vein which was funny yeah. um whereas my other my other books aren't quite in the same, they're not quite the same visual art component. Yeah, that's interesting. So I find that usually we uh, find a really great character that we like and that character has to do something, right? And so (laughs) we don't always know exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. 
I wrote a screenplay years ago about a kid who was on a baseball team. I knew nothing about baseball and ended up having to master baseball in making this movie. Um, the same with a movie about dance. So I, I understand that you have to immerse yourself in the painting world in yeah. order to bring it to and life. It, and it sometimes totally depends on what that inspiration point is. Because <laughs> yeah. um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's, you know, you start with a character and you can kind of pull things from your own life if you mm -hmm. want to, to fit them. But other times you're inspired by something that, yeah, you just know nothing about and yeah. you have to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And then through that process, though, that's how you get to know them as characters. The, that's yeah. when we see them struggle and we see them interacting with other people and the choices they make. And so that's what makes it interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so your first opening, uh, again, doing all the things that you're not supposed to do, judging a book by its cover, judging it by its first line, you know, all of these things. So your first chapter is very vivid. Um, and you basically get right into the the heart of who this main character, Sydney, is immediately. She's she's automatically doing that brush-off activity on the boardwalk. And um, I was just curious kind of how you decided to start your story um, opening in such a vivid and dynamic way um, as you did, you know, when you wrote this first chapter where she's on the boardwalk and the police come by. You know, is that something that you wrote initially and you thought, yes, this is how I want to start my story? Or is this something you just kind of wrote and then it ended up kind of being that beginning? Um, this was one of those things that I had this scene in my head before I ever started writing it. Okay. Um, so as soon as I sat down to write the book, I knew I wanted it to be a performance and an action heavy story. Okay. Um, so it kind of made sense that this scene that I had in my head was where I would start writing. I didn't exactly know that that would end up remaining the first chapter. Mm -hmm. um, but it is the first the first thing that I wrote, the first scene that I wrote with Sydney. Okay. It feels so powerful in that way, that kind of inspiration um, moment that you can see why that would be the catalyst for more, right? Yeah. And I really did want to give the readers a great idea of who Sydney mm -hmm. is and what her personality is yeah. in this. Yeah. yeah. And story-wise, you show us this really dynamic moment. And then in the climactic moment of the book, that happens again. And so we get, we almost get rewarded in a way for sticking on and following her through because she has that same dynamic interaction kind of at the end again, um, which is really lovely to see her kind of come full circle again. Um, in terms of the characters that you introduce throughout the book, um, you really do keep our focus, I've noticed, are a lot around Sydney, which is is really good. In a lot of other um, young adult books, they get so drawn up in the dynamic of peer-to-peer, -peer, um, and there's a lot of tension or, you know, t general teenage drama. Um, right. Yeah. And so I really appreciated that this book was really just about Sydney and her art and who she wanted to be. Um so I have a question about, um, there's a young man who plays kind of an important role in this book. Um, I don't want to say his name incorrectly, um, <laughs> but can you uh, mention him and then speak a little bit about why Sydney chooses to follow along? He kind of proposes this idea of the brush off to her. Um, and why does Sydney go along with this? Um, and why does she believe him? Yeah, so the character is George. Okay. Um, George with a J. Yeah, it was, um, I thought it was George. When I read it, I, I heard George. <laughs> I just want yeah, to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's always tricky. Not to um, 
Yes. So the character is George, and he is the person who gives Sydney the information about this brush-off competition Mm -hmm. that actually happens at um, an arts academy that she used to attend and no longer attends. Um, And I think George's character is really interesting because he helps to showcase kind of the struggles that Sydney has. Mm -hmm. Um, When he originally brings up this competition to her, she doesn't know that he also attends the school and is, in fact, also competing in yeah. Rush Off. Yes, yeah, that's um, a surprise. Yeah, so for her, she trusts him when she first gets the information because mm-hmm. she thinks he's just a stranger, somebody who saw her art. Um, yeah. It kind of shows that she does believe in herself and yeah. her ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once she arrives and discovers that he's actually competing with her in this competition Mm -hmm. she then feels really betrayed um yeah and and yeah she (laughs) distrusts his motives all of a sudden and wonders why he even brought her in thinking that maybe Mm -hmm. he wanted to embarrass her or something like that yeah and I'm actually curious in general I feel like kind of what I was mentioning you don't have a ton of detail about some of those secondary characters and so Sydney does in the end, she does believe that he is sincere. And I was just curious about your choice um, in that it kind of feels like they're going to go off and be friends almost. You know, it kind of gives you the sense that she might have an ally at the school. Um, what was your thought process behind making him, you know, believable and sincere versus, you know, mal- not necessarily malicious, I guess, but. Oh, I. That's a, it kind of exactly what you're saying that he is an ally. Yeah. Um, I think for Sydney. After she no longer attended this academy, she she lost not only the kind of personality personality that she had mm-hmm. um, and what she saw as her future at that time, um, and she also lost the friends that she yeah. had. Mm-hmm. So I think for her, kind of the academy as a whole just becomes sort of the enemy in her mind um, and everyone associated with it. So that's why I think she's very mistrustful of him at first. Um, When she learns his true motives, uh, it really helps her break apart those individual people and the individual incidents that happened to her from the school as a whole Mm -hmm. uh, and kind of helps her see that, you know, not everybody is against her, that there are great things about the school and great people at this school. And yeah, we'll just give her a little, a little boost going forward too, knowing that even if she does come across some challenges, which she's undoubtedly will, she does still have this friend who believes in her. Yeah. And that actually seems to be kind of a universal message in itself, kind of tucked away, which is a lot of people make assumptions and they say blanket statements of, oh, all the, of these are bad or or I have no allies here. Um, yeah. And they forget kind of that forest through the trees or the seeing the trees through the forest kind of idea that there are people, um, as long as you take down your guard sometimes and open yourself up, um, that's when really things can start to happen. And I think that's kind of a theme you have going on throughout a lot of your book here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was, you know, in doing a little bit of reading recently, um, I'd say really in the last couple of years of um, YA books, I've noticed a lot of, um, I'd say, really flawed main characters, but very strong um, best friend characters. And right. oftentimes our leads are the ones who are the flawed ones and the best friends 
sometimes are held up as these like perfect people. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was just curious. And I know I have an idea of why that is, um, you know, because we always like to see people when, you know, why are we with them on this day? And, and, you know, we connect with people who have flaws. But um, I'm curious about if uh, her best friend and Sydney's best friend in this book is Lish. I'm assuming I say that correctly, I hope. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So if she had a flaw, right? So you don't, you don't necessarily talk too much about her she seems like an awesome best friend to be honest um if she had a flaw or um if you kind of have one written in um what do you think one of her flaws would be yeah so i think um lish seen through sydney's eyes lish definitely is that awesome yeah (laughs) very loyal strong best friend which she is she is um an outgoing girl she's a really creative girl which you see with some of her kind of Mm -hmm. fashion design yeah um and she's very loyal to Sydney as well. They seem like um, a good a good match too for each other in that way. Yes, yeah, I think they play off each other really well, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I do, you know, it's kind of one of those things in my head. Yeah. Um, I think Lish has kind of a whole story of her own mm-hmm. um, that she has. She definitely has her own flaws, um, partly in the way that a lot of people see her in a certain light Mm -hmm. and she likes to, she wants to please them, not necessarily at the expense of herself, but maybe at the expense of parts of herself, that there's, there's a bit more to her, um, than everyone sees. One thing that Sydney makes uh, a brief mention of is that Lish actually has a really great singing voice, mm-hmm. um, but she doesn't sing very often because it's not her passion. And that, I think, might be a misconception on yeah. Sydney's part. She might not um, know. There's, yeah. yeah, there's a little more to it than uh, mm-hmm. than just not being interested in it. Yeah, and that actually is interesting, too, because we often prop up you know each other and say you should be doing this awesome thing you're so talented at it why aren't you doing it and we get we'll try to hold each other accountable but holding ourselves accountable is a completely different story exactly yeah Yeah. so maybe if there was a sequel to this that would be the switch lish would be the one who's trying to do something and sydney's the one who's trying to help her (laughs) yeah (laughs) right something like that okay so i'm interested in your villain character well i'll call her the villain i I think you might agree. Um, the Miranda <laughs> character. Um, we always, you know, we, we a lot of us have a best friend or uh, someone we were once close with, and we're not necessarily close with them anymore. And it's hard to remember that there are redeeming qualities about that person that we once did enjoy. <laughs> and, um, and so every villain does have some positive qualities, and Sydney seems so kind of still connected and and her friend her former friend still has a lot of pull in the choices that she makes and so I was kind of wondering what Sydney sees in her former friend kind of what she still you know is looking for and I know that's kind of a hard question um but there's a scene in the dance room um kind of near the middle the end of the book um where Sydney is still emotionally wrought um when Miranda's in the room um and I was just curious what she sees in her former friend kind of what she wants her that friendship to look like maybe yeah um I think you know Sydney in her younger days really idolized Miranda Mm -hmm. Miranda is um a very talented student um she's uh, you see in this book that she's a talented 
artist, visual artist. Mm -hmm. She's also a very talented dancer, um, which is what Sydney used to used to focus on Mm -hmm. when she went to the academy. Um, And so I think she kind of, you know, really did uphold her as um, this idea of perfection and what she strived to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that they did have fun together. Yeah. And she does remember those good times and she does remember her time at the Academy very fondly as well. Mm -hmm. Um, which is why it's so difficult for her to, you know, have lost that friendship and kind of approach Miranda again in Mm -hmm. a much more negative light. Um, I do think as the story goes on, one of the things that Sydney kind of learns is that, You know, everybody is flawed, um, Mm -hmm. but everybody does also have those positive traits. So she kind of recognizes that, you know, Miranda is still somebody who is a very talented person, a very Mm -hmm. good student. Um, She is going to achieve a lot and I think could be a really great um, challenge for Sydney uh, as they continue forward together. Yeah. But then she also does realize, too, that loyalty Mm -hmm. as a friend you know, she's just, she's not, she's not there. Whereas yeah. somebody like Lish is really strong in that, in that yeah. regard. And I think it opens up a couple questions of, you know, looking back and being nostalgic and, and knowing that the moments that you did share together were positive and they were genuine when they exist, you know, when they happened before. Um, yes. And, and at the same time, so many people get stuck thinking, I want to go back to the way it was. I want to be my, you know, friends again. And they get stuck and they, they can't move forward. And I think this is a really good um, example for young readers to say, you know, if this type of a situation comes up for you, you know, take this opportunity, soak it in and know that you can still enjoy those memories and moments that you had. And you, sometimes we have to go move on and, and build forward and make new friendships. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And I think that's exactly true. And it's also, it's so hard when, um, something bad has happened after mm-hmm. a very good time. Um, it's hard to move on. And sometimes you're stuck looking at the past mm-hmm. through nostalgic eyes. Yeah. Um, but also sometimes you start to get bitter about it yeah. because it's not where you are anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're trying to process it and it turns bitter. So it's, it is really hard to mm-hmm. have that balance between realizing that you need to disconnect and move on, mm-hmm. but also realizing that you are still allowed to enjoy and have fond memories of that time, even if something bad happened afterwards. Yeah. And I think it also helps her realize that what she has with Lish is so much different because you've got that stark contrast where she holds Miranda up in this, in this positive light. And, um, in the end, you know, you find out that Miranda was maybe taking advantage of her and, um, and she realizes, Oh, you know, Oh my gosh, this, this was something I thought was really genuine before, you know, now she's a little bit more guarded and a little more particular when she has those kind of relationships in the future. And I think that's something young people really need to do is, is analyze their friendships um, and their experiences and build forward. So they're getting stronger and stronger connections as they grow. Um, Okay. So staying on that kind of connection piece, um, 
for the like talking about the family unit of them all together um like i said before you do a nice job of not getting bogged down in details of of those secondary characters and keeping that story moving in such nice action and energy um but you've got this little brother this younger brother who's quite a bit younger than our main character sydney and i was curious they don't seem to have sibling rivalry, um, but instead what you've uh, put in is um, kind of mother-daughter um, rivalry. And I've noticed that in an, many other books, too, that it's either one or the other. <laughs> you know, they usually, they usually connect with the sibling or they connect with the parent. And I was curious about your choice on why you chose the little brother and, you know, kind of that relationship and how you built it with the mom. Right. So, I mean, I think... Um, Sydney and her, Sydney and her mother, I think being that Sydney is 16 in this, the teenage years have Mm -hmm. that kind of awful point where a lot of kids, you start to realize that your parents are people, Mm -hmm. um, and they have their own strengths, but also their own flaws. Um, and I think, you know, particularly for what happened to Sydney when she lost her place at the Academy, it was directly tied to mm-hmm. her mother losing her job, yep. um, which, you know, wasn't her mother's fault, but it's definitely something mm-hmm. you can see a parent blaming herself for and feeling yeah. like she has failed mm-hmm. her daughter. Um, and Sydney undergoes quite a drastic sort of mm-hmm. not even personality change so much as just kind of style change mm-hmm. and um, yeah. some of her interest change after she leaves the academy and uh it kind of creates a real disconnect between them mm-hmm. because i think her mother feels as though you know it's kind of a cry for help instead of a blossoming personality yeah. whereas for Sydney, she's sort of becoming stronger and coming into her own mm-hmm. um, and her mother just doesn't see that so mm-hmm. i think that's kind of just where the disconnect came is it's you know it's not that they don't love each other and don't care about each other but it's these um these feelings and these actually these very similar feelings of failure yeah um, have you know instead of bringing them together have kind of driven a wedge between them um but i really didn't want sydney to be sort of a stereotypical Mm -hmm. angsty teenager yeah Um, so i really wanted to make sure that she had a good relationship with her brother Mm -hmm. so that you know you can see that even though and she is in a a blended family as well Mm -hmm. and i didn't you know that she doesn't have hostility over that yeah um that she does love her family and there there are some issues there but they are still a family unit Mm -hmm. yeah so I think something I've noticed a lot um, I'm in my 30s now and I have the beautiful joy of looking back on my teenage years and uh, and watching my students and their parents kind of navigate that dynamic of what you were just saying and that being in that 16 range just can be really challenging. And right. I think that having a parent, whenever anyone um, uh, does something wrong, our natural reaction is, so if I've done something wrong, my natural reaction is to lash out and actually be aggressive because I know I've let down my family unit. And so I think the mother character is aggressive and frustrated um, and 
because she almost, you know, like you said, she does feel like she, she disappointed. Um, and so I almost wonder if Sydney does the same thing, um, you know, kind of pushing her mother away because she doesn't want to disappoint her mom. Um, you know, that's something I think that should devote, be a little more attention should be paid to just in general in our society, uh, making sure that young people understand that their parents are human uh, and helping them to understand that. Because when that bubble bursts, it's very challenging sometimes Pick, for, yeah to pull it back yeah, together to pull yeah, it back and, together yeah and I think you're right and again I, I do I think these two um are a lot more similar than they yeah. they think which I think is the case in yeah. many families yes um yeah and that's especially if there is that sort of disconnect you kind mm -hmm. of feel like I'm nothing like them yeah. and we just we can't connect because we're so different yep. when in reality it's actually you're very similar and you're feeling the same thing and kind of acting in the same way yeah and you tie that in in the end too because Sydney as she's doing the brush off she has in that second round she does try to she's like oh I need to change my appearance to fit back in right. you know she yeah. so it, you tie that in with the you know her kind of going rogue a little bit almost rebelling against the fact that she's been kicked out of the school and um or removed from the school and then trying to get back in she just goes back into routine and says okay i need to f i need to do this i need to do x y and z and then it will work and and so you've got this great message in your final brush off uh, rounds where she has to come to terms with you know, what, what am I willing to change? Um, you yeah. know, is she, is she willing to change it all, you know, risking everything? Um, so I was curious what the, in your opinion, as the author, <laughs> what the, um, kind of what the end message is and what you were going for, um, you know, kind of having those brush off rounds where, um, Sydney has to grapple with who she wants to be. Um, and what do you think readers really should, you know, are taking away from, um, from those final moments? Yeah, I mean that's again that's exactly that's exactly right. It's what Sydney's um, struggle is. This whole competition is mm -hmm. she comes into the brush off and she feels very different mm -hmm. from everyone else. Yeah. Um, and I think pretty much everyone can relate to mm -hmm. having a situation like that. Yeah. And you know she tries being herself and feels like it doesn't work. So then she feels like she needs to try to be like everyone else. And she has that pressure yeah. to conform. And um, she actually doesn't do too bad in the second round, mm -hmm. um, technically, but she doesn't feel the passion the and that's creativity. Really hard. Yeah. And it's really hard for her to come to grips with like She does. She has to have a long think about whether, you know, going mm -hmm. back to the way she used to be um is worthwhile even though mm -hmm. she now has this yeah this new blossoming personality yeah. um and so in the end she realizes that she wants to be true to herself and she has to think really hard about her time at the academy although she does have good memories of it she kind of realizes that even though there are there have been some really hard times in the last couple of years um since she left the academy mm -hmm. the person that she's become makes her much happier 
Yeah. And I think there's a piece of it too in where are you willing to draw the line? Um, yeah. There are certain things we are willing to compromise and give up in order to get or move to another level. Um, but at the same time, young people are constantly trying to figure out who am I? Who do I want to be? Yeah. Where am I going? <laughs> what color is my hair? That's a big one. Um, and, yeah. and so that's so fantastic that you do have her so firm in that, you know, the blue hair element, um, because that's something that young people today really hold on to and that defines their hair color really does define some things for them. And so helping to young, young readers to figure out, okay, it's, it's appropriate for you to have a line, um, in the sand and what you're willing to compromise and what you're not, um, really helping them to understand that. Um, in the end you have Sydney succeed, big spoiler. Um, <laughs> in the end you do have her succeed. And I was, to be fully honest, not sure. Um, I almost, I'm very happy with the end. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I almost, I was trying to think of it as I was, you know, reading it and I was trying to go slower and slower. And then I, I was, you know, to try and figure it out and kind of drag out the end as always. Um, but I was thinking, you know, well, what if she doesn't succeed? What, you know, what message is that sending and how, what is she learning and what am I learning? And, um, so why do you ultimately choose to have her succeed and why, why is it important for her to win? Yeah, so, I mean, to be honest, I really toyed with the idea yeah. of having her lose as well when I was yeah. writing this, and I was not sure until I wrote it yeah. what the result would be. Um, but, and, and while I do think there would have been a great message if she had lost, um, you know, coming to terms with the fact that you can't win everything and mm -hmm. that she is still happy with who she is and where she is, um, I wanted her to win because I wanted her to know that... Um, she can be herself mm -hmm. and she can succeed mm -hmm. even if it's not going to be the easiest path. Yeah. Um, she has a conversation with one of the, you know, judges mm -hmm. at the end of the book um, where she kind of, you know, she kind of explains that Sydney won not just because of her talent as an artist, mm -hmm. but because um, the judges thought that she had really had something to learn from mm -hmm. being in this environment, mm -hmm. um, which Sydney realizes as well. Cause she, she does know that she's not as strong technically of a painter mm -hmm. as some of the, some of the fellow competitors. Yeah. Um, so for her, I, I wanted her to have that success. It's not something mm -hmm. that she's going in for a free ride and yeah, now no. <laughs> life's going to be super easy. Like she does, she knows that there are challenges ahead. Um, but I think having mm -hmm. this, having undergone this, this struggle um, to be herself or who used to be, um, and then ultimately, yeah, her making those decisions, figuring out what she was willing to compromise, figuring yeah. out who she's happy to be and then having that mm -hmm. uh, bit of success was a real boost for her and will help her prepare to face those challenges yeah. that are going to be coming up in her future yeah because by getting in you know that's her prize is to get to go back to the school that was you know she's spent years kind of pining for and kind of having mixed emotions about and so it it does then, you know, suddenly you're challenged as a viewer trying to imagine, oh, my gosh, what choices will she make when she's there? Will she be friends with George? Will she stay friends with Lish? Uh, you know, it suddenly sets our imagination on fire, knowing the characters as well as we do now at the end. Um, we can almost imagine and kind of write that 
second section almost on her own, and it's this it's it's very it's very fulfilling I think um, to have her uh, succeed because it it does everything you just said. It it tells us as viewers that we can be different um, as readers um, that we can be different and still um, find a place and still find a way to fit in. Um, and so I think also you by having her win you kind of complete the mother's story arc in a way because the mom really does you know as you said kind of blame herself for not um for have you know for losing her job and not being able to maintain that status and so it almost completes the mother's story arc bringing her back around um to try to help get her kids back into some of those opportunities that she kind of feels guilty about having lost mm-hmm. um, yes and i i think that um I think Sydney getting back into the academy will will be really interesting for the relationship mm-hmm. and potentially go a long way towards healing it as her mother realizes yeah. that you know even though Sydney's back in this uh, mm-hmm. environment that the personality she's come to see over the last couple of years doesn't go away yeah um, that you know that and she kind of can come to understand that this is who her daughter is that yeah. she is happy this way mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, you kind of get those two worlds finally coming together and not being so at odds with one another. Yeah. And so this begs the question for me of, so I'm curious about what you're currently working on. And you don't have to reveal anything that's top secret. But I'm just curious of, of you know, you've written a couple books now on the artistic process. Um, and as you said, you're not a painter yourself. You're not a fine artist. Um, but taking... Um, some of what you, you you wrote this book, um, you published it in 2017. So I'm sure there was a long writing process before that. (laughs) Um, I was a little curious about, um, what you are kind of working on now and how kind of what you learned from writing the brush off and what you're kind of taking forward. Um, and just a general idea of what you're working on. Yeah, so um, so after getting the brush off, there mm-hmm. there's been a couple things. There's been yeah, a lot I'm of sure. work going on. Yeah, <laughs> um, so I actually have just in January published with the same publisher, Orca mm-hmm. Book Publishers, um, a book called Shadow, yeah, which is yeah. about mm-hmm. yeah a um, legally blind 15 year old who he's an aspiring filmmaker, okay. um, and he ends up kind of drawn into a mystery surrounding um a student film festival so i'll have to call you back for that one i'll i'll go <laughs> that sounds right up my alley actually i was gonna say yeah you're a filmmaker so. <laughs> yeah and yeah. i was legally deaf when i was younger so i can understand the limitation on senses and and i'm so visually oriented that sounds perfect for me so i will um i'll yeah, introduce that definitely. Yeah, yeah. i'll introduce it to some of my students <laughs> yeah okay so yeah, that sounds so that one- yeah. Yes, that one's also, so that was in January, and that, again, is Orca Book Publishers. Okay. Um, and then I kind of switched to something completely different. Mm-hmm. I'm currently right in the middle of um, a YA paranormal series. Okay. Um, it's called the Oracle of Sender series. The first book, Shade, just came out last month, actually, with uh, Seven Sisters Publishing. So that's okay. about um, kids who see ghosts. <laughs> yeah, that's a big, big deviation <laughs> Yeah, from yeah. your previous work. So how did you get the inspiration to write about paranormal kind of sci- science type? Um, I love ghosts. Okay. I, I have always i just okay. i'm really just fascinated with it yeah. so it, it is so interesting mm-hmm. that uh, when you jump from one project to another yeah uh, how some things are connected and then some mm-hmm. things just are completely different yeah. so this one was just um yeah. i really wanted to tell a ghost story yeah 
Um, and it, it sort of evolved into an entire series of ghost stories. Excellent. So yeah, it exercises your brain too in a different way. So sometimes when we go, 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 go on a specific type of story or on a certain character or genre, we get really those synapses kind of, I feel like they get burned out. And yeah. um, so being able to kind of dabble in something else or, you know, or work and dive fully headfirst into something else is uh, really refreshing. Yeah. Um, and it can be so much fun too, because yeah. just even the writing style um you know getting the brush off it's um it's a fairly short book Mm -hmm. um because again they're very and they're very high action yeah so your brain works very differently when you are thinking about how to tell the story Mm -hmm. um in a in a quick brief way but still telling an entire Mm -hmm. tale um and really getting into those action-oriented scenes yeah um, and I've actually read it I think in about a day and a half and I'm not devoting too much time to it I have a pretty busy schedule but it, it's a very quick read it, it's like the energy is up and you are picturing all of it and next thing you know you've read 40 or 50 pages yeah exactly yeah. and that's what's so and it's so fun because we're whereas writing this Oracle of Sender series mm-hmm. They're longer books, so you have okay. more time to get into um, lower scenes as well as the action scenes. Yeah, so yeah. it's a completely different experience, but it's really fun jumping between the two. Yeah. Um, I So that I'm interested in, this is a very challenging question possibly, um, <laughs> but it has to do with what you enjoy about writing, why you didn't become a physicist or a, <laughs> a mathematician or you know something else. So what is it you really like about writing? Um, I just, I really love diving into new worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's ever since I was a child, my brain continually <laughs> sort of plays movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's those, sometimes it's memories, but sometimes it's just new creations. You see something on the street that sparks your interest or, um, I love observing people. So you see someone yeah. walking down the street and you kind of just start imagining where they're going or who yep. they're being and what is their life like. Yeah. Um, and I've always been that way. So for me, writing is just, it's a very natural way for me to get those ideas yeah. on paper and things start to unfold completely yeah. differently, as I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. Um, when you start, as soon as you start typing things out, yep. uh, everything that, even if you've replayed something in your mind, like a scene on repeat a yeah. thousand times, as soon as you start typing it, yeah, it goes in a completely different direction, which is fascinating. Like I said, while writing, getting the brush off, I didn't even know how the how? story was going to end <laughs> until yeah. I was writing it. And mm-hmm. that and that happens um, yeah. all the time, which is so much fun. And I, th- I think my favorite part about like the creative process and working with characters is thinking about the choices that they make. So like you just said, studying people in everyday life. And then when you're writing something or imagining it, um, there, it almost feels, I don't want to say formulaic because that, that kind of takes, sounds boring and bland. Um, but you either can choose, um, you know, good or bad. You can choose that they make this action, they do this action or they don't do this action. And then what's the consequence of that I feel like it's just this choice and consequence experiment and so each choice has a reaction and then they all build on each other Um, and then in the end oh my gosh what do all these choices (laughs) add up to Um, you know and that's what's so interesting is that journey and then making sure that that choice in the end is something that readers want (laughs) to you know they're willing to stick around for (laughs) yeah 
All right. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me, taking the time to do this and sharing your story with everybody. Um, honestly, it's a really great book. It's, um, it's like you said, it's a quick read. Um, and it's a really simple story about a young girl who wants to, um, I guess, find a way to be herself through it all in, um, and share her, her talents with other people and kind of get back in her groove. So thank you so much. Um, and I will share how people can find, um, your content and I will share it as much as I can. And I hope to maybe touch base with you again once I can read shadow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that sounds great. And thank you so much for having me. A lot of fun talking about it, and I'm really glad you've read it and enjoyed reading it. That's exactly what an author wants to hear. So that's fantastic. (laughs) All right. Thank you. If you're interested in getting to know a little bit more about Mary Joyce and or some of her books, you can go to her website, which is M-E-R-E-J-O-Y-C-E.com. And uh, she's an author, and you can see all of her work and a few descriptions about some of the books that she has published. You can also find some of her social media sites and um, try to stay connected with her in that way. Go ahead and reach out um, and just let us know if you have any comments or suggestions. So thank you so much as usual for tuning in. We really appreciate your time and attention. Thank you so much for listening today. And I also want to thank Ben Sounds for his amazing intro and outro song. And if you have questions about any of the content we reviewed, or if you have any recommendations on what we should be watching or reading, please reach out to us at our production company, greatnorthernfilm.com.